0: final thoughts but uh it's just been a great time
1: yeah i've had a great time i'd like to thank uh, matt buds and steve lake and some of the other people who kind of showed us how to do this and do a good job and i think we have a great group here that's going to bring you some more great michigan broadcasts in the next couple years so that'll do it from here in the basement of the student activities building so for ted pickus i'm steve schuster saying good night everyone and go blue
0: Six seconds left, and then Chad Kalorick will be released. Six seconds of power play time remaining. Henson was thrown out of the uh, face-off circle because Desch went over to shout instructions to Kalorick.
1: Thank you for listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If you'd like to contact the sports department, please email us at sports at wcbn.org or call the station at 734-763-3500. Pass comes forward. Here's Hensick.
0: Now to Kalorick. He's behind the defense. He's in. Shot and score. Chad Kalorick out of the penalty box gives the Wolverines a 4-0 lead. Let's get it started. Let's get it started.
1: Good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and I'm Jim Dwyer. And I might add, a very sleepy Dick Whaley. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, Celebrate- time Well, last I was celebrating the Wings uh, post-game. Uh, <laughs> Overtime. What was it? Second overtime? Second overtime, about uh, four minutes in, I thought. Yeah, what a play by uh, and Poetic justice, I might add. Cause, yeah, uh, after the uh, stick to the gut. He was the recipient of some uh, very <laughs> bad sportsmanship and low class by the Calgary Flames. So we'll just give them a brain damage award for... Uh, Showing no class, they were heavily fined. Uh, yeah, of
0: fines for the team and for the coach. But uh, for quite still. frankly,
1: the, I, I, you know, even that in a play maybe uh, deserved a suspension, a closer look. Yeah, but uh, never mind. They're they're golfing. They're they're yeah they're golfing and licking their wounds because ah uh, oh.
0: you know, the wings pretty much dominated the series. Totally. although the scoreboard yeah. didn't really reflect that. Uh, Looking at just about every other factor of the games.
1: And then, of course, I ended up uh, drinking <laughs> to celebrate the win and watching Touch of Evil. And then, oh, workers showed up at my house today at 10 in the morning banging, you, dear. doing some serious work. So I'm operating on fumes. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, just say that uh, I think a lot of what we said last week about the Virginia Tech situation <laughs> proved to be... Uh, Somewhat true. I just wanted to give out a brain damage award to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, it's fairly outrageous for him to claim that uh, Sang-hui Cho uh, was, is a liberal. What the hell? Yeah. He uh, called him a liberal um, without really citing any evidence. Um, because he went to college, I suppose, uh, because
0: he was... A, an English major, maybe? An English major and an ethnic
1: minority. Yeah, who knows? What the uh, hell? That's uh, very bizarre, um, because uh, I don't think anything has emerged uh, regarding his political affiliations. Um, of course, it does turn out that he was raised as a Christian, but uh, <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, based on some of the comments that some of his
0: English teachers uh, made about his writing, Joe's writing, and in some of the media's comments about the contents of the writing, he may just as well have been a conservative, because the uh, writing was extremely garbled and really nonsensical, ultimately, and so perhaps uh, Rush Limbaugh's writers uh, was too close to home.
1: Yeah, and he uh, wrote a stunningly uh, famous play called Richard McBeef, which apparently had the memorable lines, Dick must die, dick must die. Uh, Undoubtedly a reference to Richard Nixon, but... (laughs) I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, This is uh, a very troubled man. Um,
0: Well, it's a little sad. I mean, obviously the entire scenario is sad and in many ways embarrassing uh, for our country. But uh, to me the some of the follow-up things were, were just as pathetic as you predicted we're going to hear a lot about god um just i know people feel the futility of the waste of life and the inexplicability of these explosive uh you know incidents of violence but to see people writing on like banners and so forth on various college campuses around town that God will protect you now, you know, to the victims of the Virginia Tech shootings. God will protect you now. Well, that's really great, you mm-hmm. know. That's uh, pretty much a day late and a dollar short there for God's protection. And I don't wish to offend any uh listeners who may indeed uh, be of a religious persuasion. But uh God has absolutely nothing to do with the protection of these victims or if you want to believe that uh they enjoy his protection now, I guess well, that's great.
1: But uh it's pretty empty language. Pretty empty, and I think that it was uh, pretty absurd for President Bush, who uh, really um, is, is already, I think, uh, can be safely characterized as one of the great, great mass murderers of the 21st century. Indeed. Uh, to be allowed to show up at the convocation. And, of course, they delayed the service so that the governor could come back right. from uh, Japan, where he was on a trade mission. Um so it was uh, exploited by uh, political uh, entities uh, uh, around the country, unfortunately. And I just do want to go back to one point that I uh, heard Mark Shields make uh, that I think is so profound. Um, of course, the you know Bush quickly comes out and says this is not the time for gun control discussions, um, and I'm sure there never will be a time for gun, con- gun control. Uh, discussions, but Mark Shields pointed out on the uh, News Hour on Friday that in, since Ronald Reagan became president, between that time and uh, George Bush's second inaugural, more Americans have died in gun violence in the United States of America than in all the wars of the 20th century, plus 100,000. Wait a minute, all the wars... America's wars of the twentieth yeah, century. Yeah. Okay, and that's just counting American um, soldier deaths. Um, Still, so those are not insignificant numbers. It's it's staggering. Uh, and uh, to plus a hundred thousand, plus a hundred thousand. In other words, roughly six hundred and fifty thousand Americans died in military deaths in the twentieth century, um, and about seven hundred and fifty thousand have died in gun violence. Now, of course. The gun violence is not uh, analogous to this, but if you read the newspapers last week, you saw murder-suicides all over the country. Yeah. I mean, they happened, I think, pretty much every day that I uh, was looking for those kinds of articles. And um, I just think, you know, of course, what ended up happening with this story, unfortunately, rather than a serious analysis of uh, maybe the manifesto, they I love that a word. Somewhat that complimentary term. Yeah, I was like, "Huh?" Uh, no, th- these were uh, you know the video, the video Game Boy of this uh, gentleman uh, came out. You know that 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 picture with the the two guns. He's just classic. Uh, I don't know action movie man. There was some Korean yeah. uh, violent film that apparently he was enamored with. And another thing that struck me: this guy. Was the same age as uh, Eric Harris and I think his name was Dylan Klebold. Klebold, Yeah, the same age. In other words, he was 15 when they perpetrated Columbine, and he referred to them in this manifesto. So he was clearly influenced by this man, uh, these uh, uh, Columbine shootings knuckleheads. (laughs) And uh, obviously, the you know the closeness of dates uh, suggests that that uh, is the case. Of course, we had the usual uh, Fox News Network racism, uh, kept calling him Korean. Uh, well, he was raised in America. He was born in Korea, but this unfortunately was uh, a person that was influenced by American culture. And I don't think they went into enough discussion of uh, perhaps his uh, social isolation. Uh, this biz- How did he even get into college is what I want to know. With the writing skills that are uh, demonstrated in the
0: manifesto.
1: He must have been one of these people, by the way, that had great SAT scores. Um, but there was certainly no analysis of his personality because uh, it was not—it's not suited for college. And of course, the tragedy here, in terms of the victims, is that you know these are our best and brightest. And when you hear about the life stories of many of the victims, it's—it's it's just incredible. These are not the college students that are <laughs> like me, you know out partying late at night and playing basketball and doing all sorts of uh, non-academic things. Uh, These are the people that are up early in the morning going to school. These are Fulbright scholars. Um, These are the best and the brightest of America, and that's what makes this tragedy so uh, uh, profound and moving. And, of course, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but it eventually turned into media overkill. And, of course, by the end of the week, rather, as we're trying to, uh, shall we say, understand more about this uh, tremendous tragedy, uh, the media then uh, become the scapegoat. And, of course, I think it was appropriate for the media to eventually play the manifesto, if you will. Um, The American public needs to understand this incident more. And as for people that are victims or have been, you know, subjected to the tragedy of it, turn the television off. I mean, I wouldn't be watching television if I were uh, truly personally affected by uh, such an incident. And of course, it came uh, in the midst of continued carnage in Baghdad. Well, that's something else I want to talk about. I personally have mixed feelings about the depiction of
0: images of killers um, because I think Attention is is one of the reasons that people commit such crimes. Sure. To this day, for example, and probably for as long as I live, I will never utter the name of the man who murdered John Lennon. I teach a unit on the Beatles, and uh, people ask me every year, wow, who was this? Who did this? And I said, well, you can look it up. It's a matter of public record. But I refuse to utter it, because that's one of the reasons he did it, was to attach his name to uh, the celebrity. Now, this obviously does not involve celebrities, but... I think we need to understand this man, but we don't need to see this kind of picture of the gun toting. And the NBC News logo on all of the images uh, is a little bizarre. Um, Not really probably the best way for them to kind of advertise. Right. Um, I understand that the tape was mailed to them uh, and it got to them uh, somewhat miraculously, I suppose, given the clumsy addressing of it. But uh, after all, the man just had killed a couple of people and had to busily drop this parcel off in the post. Um, So, yes, America needs to understand uh, what happened here and even to see the face or whatever. But I wouldn't have chosen this picture, and I wouldn't have put it on the front page. Um, Somewhere further inside the paper would have been uh, perfectly appropriate. And, uh, yeah, this looks like um, he's an action movie hero wannabe. And, of course, he's not. He's a psychotic loser.
1: And, of course, just for the record, I think I read somewhere that Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, various movies uh, end up with something like uh, 380 murders <laughs> with guns. So uh, yeah. this is the problem. And, of course, uh, why we permit uh, these kinds of weapons to be sold.
0: Well, that's really, I think, the most important thing about this is that certainly uh, in some of my, you know, Liberal friends or whatever are a little confused on my advocacy of hunting rights. Um, hunting is an ancient human practice. It has an actual practical basis in reality. Um, if you respect and, uh, you know, actually eat what you hunt, I think there's nothing wrong with hunting. And, and sport uh, weapons, for such purposes, um, should be entirely legitimate. But these kind of automatic weapons, I mean, come on. I don't understand why... Uh, anyone can make an argument that devices specifically made for the mass killing of human beings should be available to anybody
1: outside of the law enforcement community. Yeah.
0: And I even have mixed feelings about them having them.
1: Well, and that's the interesting point is that these kinds of weapons, and I am specifically referring to the 9mm uh, weapon that was used because it was obviously the, the murder weapon uh, in the uh, class hall uh, setting. The other murder is is also curious in my mind. Um I have my own theory about it. I think that this uh young lady was either being stalked by Joe or mm. uh, another theory that I have he, she probably saw him uh at the at the uh at the range because apparently her boyfriend was into uh <laughs> guns and mm. that was why he was a suspect. Uh what a tragic uh situation there, because that's apparently where the police were, not not shutting down Virginia Tech, which is what should have happened right. regardless. Um, and then, of course, uh, Gonzo um, testifies before Congress. Uh, what a pathetic performance. Uh, we'll give George Bush a, a brain damage award saying that he was pleased with his testimony. I don't know how you could have
0: been pleased with that. Eighteen times he couldn't remember stuff
1: well at least, and the thing that was incredible that I found incredulous, and I watched some of it on c span um was his uh even when Republican senators were kind of leading him on for ever so cautiously yeah into the into the realm of safety he would he would contradict them he would yeah. say no 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 i'm i'm you know i'm making changes i'm 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 confident i can no no, senator. Uh, this could have been done better, but fear not. Um, I'm now on the job. So, uh, it's surprising that Bush didn't actually come out publicly and say, Gonzo? Heck of a job. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, I don't know. He'll get thrown under the bus, I believe, at some point to uh, protect Karl Rove. And by the way, he's back in the news uh, this incident with Sheryl Crow. Incredible. Oh dear, I haven't heard about this. Yeah, apparently over the weekend he uh, <clears throat> was at the White House Correspondents Association dinner. Um, and Sheryl Crow and uh, some guy named Lori David, um, a major Democratic contributor who's active in promoting Al Gore's uh, The Inconvenient Truth, uh, approached Mr. Rove, and I'm quoting from Jim Rutenberg's. Uh, article in today's New York Times approached Mr. Rove to urge him to take a fresh look at global warming. Recriminations between the celebrities in the White House carried over into Sunday with Ms. Crow and Ms. David, calling Mr. Rove a spoiled child for throwing a temper tantrum, and the White House criticizing their Hollywood histrionics. Apparently, the incident developed into a situation where the, uh, quote, parties all agree that the conversation quote quickly became heated as miss crow and miss david described it in the huffington post website on sunday when mr rove turned towards his table miss crow touched his arm and carl rove swung around and spat don't touch me he said
0: oh my god
1: both sides agree that miss crow told him you can't speak to us like that you work for us to which mr rove responded I don't work for you. I work for the American people. Oh. Miss Crow and Miss wow. David wrote that Miss Crow shot back. We are the American people. <laughs> so uh, it sounds like uh, things are getting a little testy over there at the White House. A little tension there. Now, Anger management uh, may be needed. Well, and
0: a little basis of reality there for Karl Rove. I mean, ostensibly he does work for the American people, although he was never elected uh, to the powers that he enjoys. Um, Now, I've been in conversations with people with whom I disagree, and it is something of an invasion of personal space when somebody kind of reaches out and touches your arm um, if you're having an argument with those people, but to react in such a way really speaks volumes about the degree of tension and paranoia that must be pulsating through that man's... uh Febrile mind.
1: Yes, uh, stick to rap dancing, Mr. (laughs) 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 Rove.
0: Wow. Don't touch me! You know, nothing gives you that right!
1: Okay, we need to get the straight jacket. Yeah. I'm reminded of Al Franken's uh, search for congressmen who uh, were in need of commitment to the uh, funny farm. Uh, Carl Rove may need a visit himself. Well,. Asma,
0: I don't know was it was it Bush or John McCain they're both uh, delusional on the subject of uh, Iraq uh, who recently said again that things are, are well. And I just wanted to touch back on this because you spoke about it briefly as we were talking about the Virginia Tech thing. But on the day of that even well on uh, Wednesday the uh, 18th, uh, there were five bombs uh, bombings in Baghdad that killed 171 people. Uh, And that's just those killed. I don't have the numbers in front of me for how many uh, were severely or even slightly wounded. Um, This was in mainly Shiite crowds. And then in today's paper, because things are going so well in Baghdad, uh, Iraqi Prime Minister uh, Maliki said that he ordered a halt to the U.S. construction of a barrier that would separate a Sunni enclave from surrounding Shiite areas in Baghdad. Well, Of course, in the debates, Bush said he was against nation building. Here, he's like building, uh, this is Balkanization, right? In the heart of Baghdad. Is this what the surge was supposed to do? Build little pockets and walls around pockets in Baghdad itself. Um, Clearly, this is failure writ large. Mr. Gorbachev, put up that wall. (laughs) Right. Speaking of which, Boris Yeltsin... uh, Oh, wait, oh, it's actually
1: uh, Mr. Bush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that the the uh, the early results about the surge are certainly um, the idea that progress is being made is ludicrous. I mean, there have been some minor improvements in certain areas, but there's been increased violence in other areas. And Harry Reid, I think, uh, who sometimes comes across as, you know, your, your kind uncle— um, you know, has done a pretty good job of criticizing Mr. Bush, calling him to task. I think that uh, his main point, and I think it's the point that all critics of Mr. Bush with respect to the surge agree on, is that the military can no longer solve uh, the problems in Iraq uh, with respect to the uh, the situation there, and that the war is at this point just like uh, Indochina, being kept going by the administration, um, so that. George Bush can say that he didn't lose the war. All he wants to do is continue this uh, fictional uh, delusion that uh, somehow progress is being made and that if we just don't give up and stay the course and all the slogans that we've heard over the past several years, um, that somehow a a pony will emerge from the barn full of manure. Um, It's, uh, you know, in the... uh, Let me see. The Peter Galbraith in the March 15th edition of the New York Review of Books has an uh, interesting analysis of the surge. This, of course, is as the surge was getting underway because he actually wrote this uh, article in uh, mid-February of this, uh, this uh, current year. But uh, he points out at one point um, regarding uh, the situation there He says, at the core of the Iraq fiasco has been Mr. Bush's unwillingness to send forces adequate to accomplish the mission. Now the president proposes a military strategy to confront twice as many foes with just 15% more troops. Uh, You do the math. (laughs) Uh, This is President Bush's uh, new math. Right. Or fuzzy math. Fuzzy math, I was just going to say. Yeah, he's had a variety of slogans for his inability to do math because he points out, uh, Mr. Galberth does, that the uh, Mahdi army has had armed clashes with the uh, Badr organization belonging to the Supreme Council for the Islamic Revolution, or SIRCI, uh, one of the main two main Shiite um, parties. The Mahdi army is formidable. Uh, comprising as many as 60,000 armed men. They're just one faction, and obviously these continued suicide bombings uh, that are occurring uh, particularly in Baghdad but in other areas of the country are designed specifically to promote uh, ethnic reprisals. They are being perpetrated by predominantly Sunni um, fringe terrorist groups.
0: And but how can the U.S. even propose building a wall around a Sunni neighborhood and expect... I mean, it's like their approach to the Israeli-Palestinian thing. We're balanced. We're so balanced. Yeah,
1: as if that's somehow solving that problem. Right. Um, it's just remarkable uh, how clouded uh, Mr. Bush's uh, thinking has uh, remained. Well, interestingly, I don't know whose thinking is behind this
0: uh, because I'm not sure she's all that much more... Uh, Competent, but uh, article in today's Financial Times uh, in which Condoleezza Rice is inviting Iran to participate in a discussion about Iraq. Um, Long overdue. Long overdue, uh, especially since uh, the description here is Mrs. Wright's, uh, Miss Wright's attempts to miss (laughs) Wright, Miss Rice's attempts. She's Miss Wright for somebody. I just know it. She's going to settle down one of these days. If uh, W will dump Laura, perhaps. Well, or
1: Paul Wolfowitz. He's He's available. He might be looking for a new girlfriend. He's He's, quite a catch. He's got all sorts of problems. Yeah, he's got that (laughs) pesky
0: cowlick. Right, uh, but he's got uh, quite connections in the employment world. Really knows
1: how to comb his hair.
0: Yeah, needs work on that for sure. Uh, Miss Rice's attempts to draw Iran into the conference, which will include Iraq's neighbors as well as the permanent members of the U.N. Security Council and the G8 Industrialized Nations. Well, that language is interesting because, of course, Iran is one of the biggest of Iraq's neighbors. So really, Iraq's other neighbors, Iran, has just recently been invited to this uh, discussion. And although this is uh, pretty much uh, entirely contradictory to the previous U.S. position, uh, Condoleezza Rice says that there has been a rebalancing, a word which... Has almost no meaning in this context. Mm-hmm. Rebalancing—it
1: was never balanced to begin with. No, it sounds like uh, George Bush uh, trying to pluck chickens on a horse or something. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that comment about the chicken plucking factory? No. Oh my God, Bush uh, does, does have a, a future as a stand-up comedian. You know, he's, <laughs> of course, he's the inadvertent in, comedian, right? In Bizarro world. <laughs> But his performance Friday at that uh, high school in Ohio was uh, rather incredible because he kept talking about all the books he's been reading, and then he he went into a thing about a chicken factory, and then, you know, whatever, a chicken plucking factory. (laughs) And I thought, a chicken plucking factory? What is that? (laughs) Sign me up for the tour. (laughs) Sounds like a fun job. (laughs) Right. You're on an assembly line, and... (laughs) You're pulling out feathers with your hands. Well, at least he's got some sort
0: of future employment lined up. Uh, we're all concerned about what's going to happen in Iraq and with the uh, state of the economy and so forth. He's already lining up future career uh, pathways. That's that's admirable. Chicken Plucker, because he was also uh, talking about harvesting vegetables in Guatemala, too, a few weeks back, uh, to great amusement.
1: One does wonder uh, where he went to school. Uh, if he if. actually went to school, or whether he maybe had a ghost employee of the uh, of the firm, so to speak, <laughs> show up and take his uh, his tests, yeah. and uh, of course, uh, one of the great things, and I, I think I saw this uh, this Bush video on uh, Keith Olbermann's countdown, but on uh, Thursday night he had a really good piece about. Files not found. All the detailed uh, scandals involving George Bush, in which the files have disappeared, uh, the emails are gone, erased, not available. Right. Uh, it's 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 remarkable. It includes George Bush's uh, uh, alleged war record. <laughs> Uh, Dick Cheney's Energy Task Force, uh, emails on Gonzo Gate, uh, documents uh, regarding uh, the NIE, uh, all sorts of 9 11. They
0: must have someone on full time hide the file. Uh, they do.
1: And uh, some of the things are, are rather remarkable. They involve the P- uh, Padilla case, uh, they involve the uh, Justice Department and videos um, regarding torture, um, protesters. A whistleblower named Teresa Chambers uh, claimed, the White House claimed, that the files were missing, the performance review was missing. Uh, Records related to the Army Corps of Engineers and uh, Katrina, where the government found that the uh, White House failed to keep proper records. All of these in violation of the uh, Presidential Preservation of Documents uh, records Act, or whatever it's called, and the interesting uh, connection between uh, Bush's uh, unilateral uh, executive orders that uh, cover both still the Reagan and uh, his father's administration regarding all sorts of records, including uh, interesting questions about Iran-Contra, and uh, even connections between the Bush family and Osama bin Laden. <laughs> Remarkable stuff. Oh, very conveniently lost.
0: And one wonders if uh, sometimes these computer files that disappear leave traces, you know, things that render the files conspicuous in their absence and, you know, the echo of something that has been erased rather than as the uh, administration is claiming these are accidental losses that software programs uh, uh, have uh, stretched out. And and failed in themselves. mm. I think we've been given the signal to uh, go long here. We're heading out for the long pass. You are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. And while the engineers joke amongst themselves about various hand signals uh, that can be passed through the glass. I thought they were
1: making taffy.
0: (laughs) We uh, will eventually be treated to the uh, wonderful program, Yazoo City Calling, which... uh, We'll arrive sometime within the next five minutes, we think.
1: Yeah, it's a little unclear where we're at down here because we have two non-functioning clocks. I
0: think I see by the computer it's 7 and uh, 44 seconds. Oh, okay, yeah,
1: there's one that actually is functioning, and it was uh, (coughs) right off to my left. So we've got time here. Um, What else? Uh, Well, I guess we could chit-chat a little bit about the passing of Boris Yeltsin.
0: Boris the
1: Spide. It's
0: actually, given the man's uh, health, uh, remarkable that he lasted this long. He he nearly died several times while... uh, President. While president, yeah. Boozing it up, apparently. Boozing it up fairly frequently. And heavily. Yeah. um, And, of course, this is to be expected, I suppose, for a Russian politician. Um, Most famous, of course, for his... Uh, climbing up on top of a tank Mm -hmm. during the uh, ill-fated and still rather bizarre and mysterious Soviet coup that I think people have completely, the Soviet Union, since it disintegrated and since we have gone, in John Stockwell's words, in search of new enemies and found them of our own creation in radical fundamentalist Islam, The Soviet Union, you know, teenagers today don't know anything about it. It's Mm -hmm. like it never existed for them. For those of us uh, old enough to have been around during the, the glory days